Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. So, to give you a little idea, I've been married to this wonderful, beautiful wife here, Sandy Sparks, for 46 wonderful years. Married, married over my head. We have two wonderful children, and they're in the ministry as well, and they've married well, and they're, my, Daniel and Crystal are just blowing it up, doing great things for God. We have five grandchildren. Four of those five have already been on the mission field. Uh, I transitioned my church, and now I, that's what I do. I go to the world, and I found out there's a whole lot more work that I realized <laughs> going to the world. But just to give you a small example, uh, I'm a, a, a partner with another ministry, and I'm able uh, to take uh, indigenous pastors Bible school. That's what we do. We go in and we do Bible schools where nobody else wants. 85% of the pastors, uh, indigenous, in other words, worldwide, are not trained to pastor. They don't have any formal Bible training. So all they know is the, the, what their forefathers have taught them or what they read and make up. And so we go in at our expense and we give them the Word of God. And we teach them how to start a Bible school, and these pastors can begin to do Bible schools. It's scripture-driven. We give them concepts and principles, and it goes and does that way. I met a pastor, in I was preaching in uh, Buriram, Thailand, and uh, my translator there was offended by Western missionaries. He didn't says, I don't want anything to do with Western missionaries, and he just let me know he was through with anyone that wanted to help him, because you guys are always wanting to control and I said, I'm just here to be a blessing, put a tool in your hand. He looked at the curriculum, he says, can you get it? He was finally won him over, and he says, can you get this in Khmer, which is for the nation of Cambodia? He says, we don't have it, but let's go to work on it. We translated this into Khmer, and we, my wife and I went back. Well, I, actually, a guy called me and says, hey, I, I, I want you to go to Vietnam with me, and and we're going to do Bible schools there. And says, okay, great. He says, hey, can you come to northern Thailand? I said, well, so I'm going to northern Thailand anyway. I wonder how the translation is going. And he said, I don't know any of that. You're doing all that. So I go home, and next thing you know, I get a message. He says, hey, we have the translation ready. When can you come? So I booked a week early, and we went out. Sandy and I went in. Went in and picked this guy up. I mean, we got to pay for everything. I mean, these guys, bless their hearts, they don't have anything. And so we this pastor in his son is a missionary in Cambodia now which he was a missionary to Cambodia for six years when the bombs were going off the killing fields were there and so he he goes in there and he, he his son's there so we go in this young just like you man these young guys on fire for God in a communist country and we take the word of God and give it to the 30 pastors for the first time you talk about plowing ground you talk about an adventure so there's nothing greater than we can do is give people systematic ways to learn the Word of God. It will change a nation. We have got 19,000 graduates in the nation of Cuba. Yeah. And I've been there. Come on. That's what I live to do. I have an African son. We have African grandchildren. I've been going to Ghana for 17 years. I've got a cross the nation's Bible school there that I founded. 
And I, I don't want to spend all this time, but what the world is begging for us to go. And uh, I, we have the opportunity, and you know, all we need is money and time. We got the fire of God. Let's go. Amen. When you get an opportunity to go to Jamaica, just G-O. It's not rocket science. Just go. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get there. Don't ever look into their eyes. Because once you do, you're sunk. Because they say, come. Thank you for coming and helping. Thank you for giving. Thank you for ministering to us. And I love the people. Amen. All right. I tell you about missions all day long. But this is the Christmas season. And what I want to talk to you today is about this wonderful gift that we have is peace. Peace is one of the greatest gifts that Jesus has ever given. And what we need in our lives is not, you may think you need more money, you may need a lot of other things, but you need the driving force of peace in your life to overcome the frustrations, the fear, the doubt. The confusion that comes to steal from you. You love Jesus. You're here today. You want to serve God. And yet you find yourself losing your temper. Bowing to temptation. Uh, I'm not the best I can be. Well, today we're going to put some weapons in your hand. And you're going to walk out of here and give the devil a black eye. And live a life of peace. Are you ready for that today? See, God, God's going to use you to change your family, because you're not going to slap them this time. You're not going to cuss them out this time. Amen. Christmas around the tree, you know, not going to be a drunken brawl. Praise God. So today is, we're going to equip ourselves. I, I, I'm married to a hard-headed woman. Uh, most, most Texas women are, and if you are not from Texas, well, you got, when you crossed the border, you became hard-headed. Uh, it's kind of the way it works. And I, I've got this thing. I, I find out that, it, it, you know, with a man, if he gets on a high ladder and he's working and he's got a, someone helping him, he, he just looks down and he says, hey! The guy looks up at him and says, paintbrush! What happens? Guy go gets him a paintbrush, throws it up to him, life goes on. If you're on a ladder and your wife's down and you go, hey, paintbrush, you're going to be on the ladder without a paintbrush. <laughs> you don't talk to your wife the way you talk to the guy you work with. Uh, honey, sweetheart, uh, you're looking lovely today. Uh, if you're walking by, could you possibly, if you have time, uh, would you possibly go get me a paintbrush? It would help me so much if you would do that for me. Yeah. But there's occasions where I, 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 I am a man and I am talked to her a little harsher than I should. I don't think I'm being harsh. How I many guys know? I, 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 just, I, I just talk to my wife and she... Thinks I'm mean to her. It's because you're not using the right inflection. And she understands that to be harsh. And I keep trying to train her in this scripture that I'm about to tell you. 
so that she will be able to respond correctly to me because my heart's always pure towards her. And I always want to just bless her and, and, and just let my, you know, my honey words just all over. But, you know, when it comes out, it's, it's sweet inside, but when it kind of comes out, it goes a little rough. How many wives know what I'm talking about? Your husbands need to be a little sweeter. He's not your girlfriend, so let's move on. Uh, I keep saying Proverbs 15.1, baby. If you just commit this to memory, you could really make our marriage better. The Bible says a soft or a peaceful answer turns away wrath. But a harsh, hurtful word, hurtful or offensive word stirs up anger. So what I do is it, and I, I have pure motives, and when it comes up out of my heart, it comes like abrupt and a little harsh. Then what she does, as a true hard-headed Texas girl, she gets harsh back. Now, I keep telling her if she would be sweet, then I wouldn't respond harsh back. Because what she does is she stirs up me. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Now, say, guys, we understand. Are you with me? The women need to be, if we're mean to them, they need to be nice to us. That way we don't have no trouble. That's the way it's supposed to be. But when she's that way to me, how many know sometimes the way we win arguments, we get louder and bigger. That's all we know how to do. Get louder and bigger. And you, I want to just tell you, you can't get louder and bigger than a woman. Because <laughs> even though you think you won, when she walks away, she's won. Yeah. 46 years of telling you that's the truth. So we're going to talk about the peace of God. It's our greatest weapon against any kind of strife, against any kind of anger. 18 times in the New Testament, the Bible declares grace and peace over our lives. It's important. In Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, a good Christmas verse that we've seen up here as we begin the service. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. My Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I'm asking, Father, that you would minister to each and every one. Holy Spirit, sir, you're welcome here. Please open up our ears. Give us understanding. Lord, I need your help. You know that. So give us this wonderful gift of peace. Let us have this, this wonderful knowledge engrafted into us today that we'll walk out of here able to give the enemy a black eye in Jesus' name. His name will be called. That means it is his, it is his title, his function, Prince of Peace. There shall be no end or there shall ever be an end to his peace, the government of peace. It announces the peace. And the, the very word peace in the Hebrew is shalom. And it means this. We're looking it up. You don't believe me? Just pull up your little concordance, and it means protection, health, happiness, prosperity, favor. To be at peace, all is well. Nothing is missing. Nothing is broken. What a wonderful word. Peace. Peace. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, has established his government of peace. The Prince of Peace is currently ruling and reigning 
his government of peace, for his citizens of peace. He's our king. His government is peace. We rule and reign in peace. That's who we are. It belongs to us through the abundant salvation that the Lord Jesus gave us, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign in life. He's given us this. Now we reign through his righteousness and his grace. Nothing that we've done. Now we have this wonderful gift of peace that's been given to us. What I realize is about peace, wherever I travel in the world, there's not any border of man. There's not a jail cell. There is not a language barrier of any kind that can stop the, the peace of God because the peace of God is unending. It's ever expanding through its citizens of peace. When I go and preach the gospel, when you minister to your neighbor, when, you, when you're in an environment of hostility, you can be the resounding voice of peace. That's what God's called you to do. You are a peacemaker. You rule, rule the, by the gospel of peace. You are walking through the, your life through the, through the lordship of the prince of peace. So wherever we go, whatever we do, we establish peace. If you have a difficulty in your marriage, begin to start announcing peace in your marriage. Begin to start announcing peace in your business. It doesn't matter whether you're the owner or whatever it is. You want that place where you work to prosper. You announce peace in your ministries. Wherever you go, you have an ability to take the peace of God with you. But if we're going to be honest people today, we face frustrations. People make us mad. People get stuck on stupid and do stupid and make us mad. And when they make us mad, they frustrate us and we begin to lose our peace. I was driving in Dallas traffic and it was around Christmas time and I was just following the guy in front of me. Hasn't done, hadn't changed lanes in miles, just driving. And I look in my rearview mirror and I see a Bubba in a pickup truck. And he is holding up his middle finger at me. Now, I didn't give my life to Jesus till I was 21, so I understand sign language. <laughs> and I'm fluent in sign language. I have used sign language. And I knew he was not trying to send me a message of peace. I had that kind of discernment. And I, I looked and I thought, I haven't done anything to offend this guy. What could be his problem? I thought, perhaps, just perhaps, my mind began to go, maybe all of his fingers, but his middle finger was cut off in some tragic accident, and he's just driving along like any normal man with the one finger extended. And I, I kept trying to think what could go wrong. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm not normally flipped off by people in my church. It just doesn't regularly happen. And I, for a moment, that one-fingered bandit reached in all the way into my car and took my peace. Yeah, does anybody do you that way, offend you? Just momentarily. Maybe they cut you off in traffic. And my goodness, the Texas slang that comes out of your mouth to talk about these people that don't know how to drive. And I've got a wonderful wife that always, anyway, that's nothing, we'll move there anyway, but 
So, and Christmas is coming up. Misunderstandings will happen. You'll get frustrated. Unexpected situations occur. And lo and behold, when they approach you, you have an, you have an opportunity to respond in peace. The world we live in, ladies and gentlemen, will behave as the world. It's selfish and self-centered. And as long as you give them what you want, then you will please them. Once you begin to have a different message, you will not. It's just a matter of fact. Uh, unhappiness is everywhere you go. It should not be with you. Peace should be your ruling force. But so often, we let people, situations, rob us of our peace. Jesus says in John 14, 27, we can believe what Jesus says, amen? amen? Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now the Greek here is irene, and it means the exact same definition as shalom. Identical. Prosperity. Protection, health, happiness, favor, nothing missing, nothing broken. Jesus has left you, not your neighbor, you, his peace. Well, his neighbor also. But Jesus has given you his peace. It's not the world's peace. Jesus' peace does not come and go. It is here to stay. You can possess it at all times since it's a gift to you from Jesus. When you have peace, fear and doubt and unbelief have to go because you have the peace that Jesus gave you. So peace is yours. Peace guarantees you protection, health, happiness, prosperity, favor. So the Prince of Peace said, protection I give to you, health I leave with you, prosperity I give to you, favor I leave with you. Jesus freely has given you his peace. Any takers today? Anyone want the peace of God on your life, the peace that Jesus has given you? It's yours for the taking. It's yours. Just like if I walked up and deposited $1,000 in your account and said, there it is. There it is. And you never made a withdrawal. Guess what? It's not doing you any good. Just because you have, have peace, if you don't make a demand on it and make a withdrawal from it, it's not going to do you any good. John 16, 33 says, and Jesus again is speaking, these things... I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Be happy. I have overcome the world. Someone walks up and says, hey, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing so good. I'm so happy. I'm so joyous. Well, tell me about your day. Well, <clears throat> I went to the doctor and he gave me a bad report. I was driving away from the doctor and, says, and it was raining and my car broke down. And I had to get out and started walking in the rain to try to get to my job. And a guy picked me up to give me a ride, and he robbed me. And by the time I got to, to, the, to my job, they fired me. I'm having a great day. I'm having, I am cheerful in tribulation. Uh, no, you're sick. You need, to be, <laughs> you need to be back on your medication because you ain't thinking right. You ought to be mad, angry, upset. No. How in the world can bad things happen to people and they still be joyful? How can that be? 
Because when you have an understanding that the peace of God is eternal and the tribulation is only temporary, it has not come to stay. The peace of God's with you for the long haul, honey. If you'll just make a withdrawal, that's all you got to do. And then the Bible says that Jesus overcome the world. Well, why not overcome tribulation? Because tribulation is the problem. Big deal about the world. No, you don't understand where all the source of tribulation comes from. All tribulation comes from the world. It doesn't come from the kingdom of God. It comes from the world. And so Jesus says, I cut it off at the very throat. I took out the world. Now you have my peace. That means whatever situation you go through, even if you can't get your mind around it, you can have the peace of God on your life. It's your right. It belongs to you. Any takers? Anybody want this today? And then Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called into one body, and be thankful. That word rule means to rule as an umpire. As an umpire that stands in a baseball game, he calls strike or he calls ball. He is the one that calls the shots. He's the one that, that calls the game. That's what peace does. Peace calls the game. It calls the outcome. But you've got to let it be the umpire. Once you get yourself in it, and your fleshly nature into it, and you get on the enemy territory throwing a fit, guess what happens? You give your peace away. We'd like to say it's stolen from us, and I kind of can understand both sides of that, the stealing, but really, you can't steal something from me, not this, unless I give it to you. And that's what we do so often. And I'm as guilty as you are. God told me, so this is your, this is your life message, son. It's okay, Lord. <laughs> I was like Gideon. <laughs> I'm a spinner. My wife will tell you if something goes wrong, <laughs> I spin. And my, I was come from a long line of negative people. And I have to war against that. I said, Lord, you're going to need to leave somebody else because I am not qualified to do this. And yet... God always qualifies the unqualified. Now here I am, a guy that comes from all kinds of stuff, talking to you about peace. It's yours. You can have it. You have to let it rule. December 2010, I noticed something was going wrong in my life. I had not been feeling well, and I had been working out. I like did P90X for like two years with my son. He's so much younger than me, and I was, oh my gosh, he was, anyway, I would, I, we'd worked out, and then I got where I wasn't feeling well, kind of took some time off, and I felt like I was just out of shape. And I was preaching one morning, got through, and I had an ER doc, and she was in my church, she said, she drove by my house, she said, Pastor, I want to listen to your heart. So I stepped out on the driveway, and she listened to my heart, and she looked at me, and she said, uh, doc, I said, says, uh, Pastor, you need to go to the you need to go to cardiologist. You need to go to the hospital. You need to go now. Well, like any good, God-loving man, as she left, 
I went, I'll do what I want to because I'm preaching this night tonight, and I'll just not ignore that. But in behind, right as she's beginning to leave, my wife drives in. And that doctor gets out and breaks every HIPAA law known <laughs> to humanity. And she tells her the entire conversation that we have had privately. I thought about suing her, but my wife would not back me up. And she drives in, she says, get in the car. I go, for why? I'm, get in the car. Now, I, I want to think she's five foot two, eyes are blue. I'm scared of her. Because when she looks at me and says it like that, I go, and I do what she goes. I do what she tells me to do. Well, I'm admitted. I am in AFib. My heart's beating in different directions it's supposed to. I have congestive heart failure. And my, my body, my heart's producing 27% of what my body needs. I'm dying. Well, like any guy, I said, well, I keep telling the, the doc, the cardiologist says, hey, when I get out of here, i got to be in Costa Rica because I'm preaching at YFN, Youth for the Nations there, and then I'm going to El Salvador, so I'm going to be gone like 17 days. The doc says, you can't do this. I said, you're going to let me go. You're going to let me go. My son's going. He's, my son's a, a pastor now, but he was a paramedic fireman. He said, Dad, you shouldn't do this. The ER doc says, you shouldn't go. Guess what I did? I got out and went. Yeah, great. How, how, many times, how, ways, how many times can you do stupid? Many. I can do stupid many times. I got over there and laid down at night, and I began to be flooded with, with uh, fluid on my lungs. Hear the gurgle. And I realized I was in trouble pastor there had a doctor in his church sent him over to me and anyway I ended up getting some diuretics and I got back and I, at three o'clock in the morning tea and I sat down and I said all right she said I got, I got congestive heart failure what is that and I start reading on the internet and I go oh crap <laughs> this is not good People that preach faith, you think nothing ever goes wrong in their life. You think they live a life that's just on, you know, it's all green lights and ice cream. And that was a, one of the darkest times of my life. Because I lost strength. I was weak as water. But I kept believing. Let the peace of God rule in my heart. Amen. I had a physical heart. I had to let the peace of God rule there. I didn't have any understanding about it. Didn't understand. I, 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 all I knew to do was just to believe what God said, what the Word of God said. That's all I knew to say. I, could, I wasn't going to confess I was dying. I wasn't going to quit. I, 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 I thought for a moment I just had this, uh, this vision of my, my wife. She's young still. She's attractive and pretty lady and I said oh my gosh I worked for all this stuff I've got and now she I'm, if I die she'll marry some other hairy legged guy and, <laughs> and I got jealous <laughs> and I decided I want to live 
I don't get mad at people that die early because sometimes you just get a place where you want to quit. I don't get under, I, I, I don't, I don't throw rocks at anyone like that, but me, no, I didn't want that. Listen, there's still fire here. I want to live my life. And I just kept believing God. Of all the things, first service, it's on the front row, light service. That, I mean, we just started, you know how it is. You think, anybody going to come to church today? Service starts to start. And, uh, and my father-in-law, he's back away. He's very down visiting. He's an old Pentecostal boy. And uh, he's had hip replacements, so he kind of walks like this, you know. <laughs> he, 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 he walks up to me, and he looks at me, he says, son-in-law? I said, yes, sir. I got to pray for you. I said, well, pray away. Well, he spit all over me, prayed for me. You know, he got, I got the full Pentecostal bath, prayed for me. And the name, and my son's up there leading worship. And he prays for me, and he goes back and sits down. Monday morning, I get up and went. Tuesday morning, I went, I'm healed. I came off all diuretics. Came, I was one week out from getting a defibrillator. And I called and canceled. says, <clears throat> I need to cancel. Well, Mr. Sparks, are you sick? He says, no, I've been healed by the power of God. Amen. Talking to my cardiologist, my cardiologist says, Mr. Sparks, you need to take your medication. I go, why? He said, he said Mr. Sparks, please take the medication. I said, do you take it? <laughs> he says, no, I don't take it. I says, why don't you take it? He says, Mr. Sparks, I don't have congestive heart failure. Neither do I. They proved it. And they said, well, it must have been the stents that we did did that for you. No. Instantaneous power of God. Through by what? Letting the peace of God rule. Don't let, listen, don't let your confession destroy your health. Oh, my arthritis. Oh, my heart condition. Oh, it's yours. Oh, it's yours, really? It's yours? No, it belongs to Jesus. Jesus died for it. By his stripes you were healed. It belongs to you. You have to be the one to say, hey, peace. Ruling and reigning. Oh, my gosh. Where does the time go? I got to stop. <laughs> I got the main thing. So here we are letting the peace of God rule in our lives. And we think about, yeah, but you don't understand what happened. Something really bad happened in my life. There's a story of a Shunite woman. And the prophet of God comes, walks by, and he says, because you blessed me, woman of God, this, by this time next year you'll have a baby. And she did. And then the baby got up in his age, and he was out with his dad working, and the dad saw that he was, he was in the fields and saw the son was weak and he sent him back to his mother. Upon the, the mother's lap, her promise, her dream, her son died. She saw him take his last breath. She takes him up and sets him on the prophet's bed. And as she sets him on the prophet's bed, she gathers her servants and says, hey, we're going to see the man of God. They gather up and says, we're going to go quickly. Put the pedal to the metal. Let's go. 
husband comes up and says, she says, I'm going to go see the man of God. Is everything okay? Is it well with the boy? She says, it is well. And what, what the word there is, peace, shalom. She had a covenant of peace. She laid claim to something that belonged to her. Listen, ladies, a horrible vision of what this woman saw, a lifeless child, and you're saying peace, and the husband can't pick it up? No, peace, let's go. And then she gets the boy and says, pedal the metal, boys, let's go. And as he's coming to the man of God, the associate pastor runs out and says, is it well with you? Is it well with the son? And she says, peace. Peace. No, she's lying. Now she can at least be honest. She is being honest. She is proclaiming something that belongs to her. In the face of every of death itself, what she did was claim something that belonged to her. This gift is yours. It belongs to you. It's up to you to proclaim it. It's up to you to voice it. You have to do it. In the midst of total, like your life being destroyed. Peace. In the tears. Peace. In the grief. Peace. No, I'll not die. Peace. I'll live and not die. My marriage will be restored. My family will be reunited. I've been bankrupt, but bless God, I will prosper. Peace. It's mine. Belongs to me. And that young that woman, that young mother, she got her boy back. He came back to life because of one thing, her mouth. She would not quit. And you... She was Old Testament. Now you New Testament. Jesus Christ, your Lord of Lords. Better promises. Better covenant. Come on, my family. Come on. Peace. Have you ever lost a pet? You walk through the neighborhood. Hey, Rover. I mean, grown men. Running around screaming a dog's name. And then if you lose a cat, it's even worse. Kitty, 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 kitty. I mean, you can't even be a real man and go, kitty, kitty, kitty. But, I mean, you love that cat, so who cares? Kitty, kitty, kitty. Well, my neighbor looks at me and says, sissy, kitty, kitty. My cat, love my cat. What are they doing? They're calling something home that belongs to them. Peace belongs to you. It's time for you to call it home. You're here with a spouse. Everybody hands says, oh, we're not going to have war. You, know, you, you can set the thermostat to peace. You can set your thermostat to peace. You know, there's a peace in my home, peace in my business. Peace. I'm setting it to peace. I'm going to announce peace. I'm going to be a carrier of peace. I'm anointed with peace. Everywhere I go, peace. I'm not giving away anymore. Are you with me? Are you with me?
So now what we're going to do, we're going to stand on our feet, and we're going to announce peace. I'm going to give you this opportunity. When I count to three, we're going to yell peace. We're going to yell it three times. And then I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Brandon. Are you ready? Well, what does that mean? And I'm going to announce it. Well, what does it mean to you? Get that thing in your head. What is it? Hey, I'm going to let peace of God rule in this arthritis. This, this thing sent to me. My, this, this back pain. This head. Whatever's going on. Get it in your head. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna peace it to death. Hallelujah. Are you ready to do this? I'm going to say three. And we're going to scream it out. I mean, just like you're at a football game. We can do that in church, can't we? One, two, three. Peace! 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 Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.